Sally Bartlett, author of Damn It, It Is Menopause, Volumes 1 and 2, wrote her books to encourage midlife women to look at what's happening on the inside, the way they think about themselves, and to develop self-love. Sally is a health, wellness, and Pilates coach and holds a psychology degree from the University of California at Berkeley. In episode 13 of the podcast, talking to Sally was so refreshing. Sally is 60, has come through menopause, journaled the whole experience, and shared it with the world so we can know that the changes that are happening to us are happening for all women. Thank you, Sally. Hey, and so I'm welcoming to the Sexy Aging podcast to the listeners and to the viewers, a beautiful woman that I've just had the chance to get to know, Sally Bartlett. Hi, Sally. Hi there. I want to um, just give a brief uh, introduction on Sally. As most of the listeners know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I like to zip it. And I love the ladies who have their inspirational stories to share and spend maximum time giving us their wonderful words of wisdom. So Sally is a health, wellness and Pilates coach with 20 plus years of experience. So she knows how the body works and how we should be feeling. She has a purpose to help women love their bodies. And that really touched me. I I felt like, well, I need to get to know this lady. And you help women build and maintain a healthy body mindset. And one of the greatest gifts that you've given to this world is you wrote not just one, but two books called Damn It, It Is Menopause. And the title just grabbed me like, damn it, (laughs) when you know it is. And now here we go, this roller coaster. So I want to hand it over to Sally to share with us a little bit more about you and moving towards how we got to the books. Great, great. Thank you so much, Tracy. I'm so uh, pleased to be here. Pleased to meet you. I love your podcast. And well, let's see. Uh, I'm glad you understood the title because some people think like, oh, but honey, it's not going to be that bad. And I'm like, well, you know, for some of us, it, it really is. But that it was meant to be a little tongue in cheek with the title of like, you know, damn it, it is menopause. I was hoping it was, you know, a hangnail or something less severe, but uh, I'm now 61 years of age. And when I was uh, in my early to mid forties, I, I started to experience some changes in my personality that I just really couldn't put a finger on. And I've been, as you mentioned in fitness for years, physically active my entire life, athletic as a younger girl, um, just always active and eating healthy for many years. So I thought, oh, it can't be menopause. I'm, that's just gonna be like a little blip on the radar for me. Uh, but lo and behold, I realized through, you know, that I kind of journal that story and, and that, that path that I walked in the book. And when I finally acquiesced to seeing, seeking medical help and realizing, yes, in fact, it was perimenopause, even for me, um, even though I didn't give my permission, and um, I, I sort of realized that, you know what, nobody talks about this. There's something wrong here. This needs to be talked about. And all my life I've been, even as a kid, I was like, 
why can't people just call a spade a spade? And my mother would say like, no, you have to be proper and polite and blah, blah, blah. And I was always thinking like, no, no, you should just tell it like it is. And so something just called to me at that time, like, you got to write this down. You got to share this. You got to write a book. And I was like, really? I'm, I've never written a book. I'm nobody, you know, how do I know how to write a book? So I started just journaling and the, a wise friend of mine said, hey, who cares? Don't worry if you're going to ever publish this thing, just write. And that was what I did. Um, so I began writing. And as you can do the math, that was about 15 or 16 years ago. And there were many times where I stopped writing and I thought I, I lost my confidence. And I'd say like, I can't do this. Who do I think I am? Who wants to read about my journal? You know, and and uh, but then I would be in the grocery store line talking to someone a woman I didn't even know because I kind of love talking to people and and a, a woman would start talking about her menopause obviously it was menopause but she didn't realize it and you know you learn like you don't just say like hey let me tell you what that is uh, you just let them have their journey and but I, in my head I would smile and I would say I gotta get back to writing that book you know and so and then when the pandemic hit it's something inside me said, this is it, because I um, have been a health coach and taught Pilates in my um, in my home studio for years, and I knew I couldn't do that. I couldn't have people over, so there went my source of income and my livelihood, and so I thought, okay, it's the book. Now is the time. you got to finish that book. There was a little bit left to write, and um, I, I did. I sat down. I made myself write two hours a day, and I, I finished that book, and then I went about publishing the book so that and through that time I've been through perimenopause menopause postmenopause you know all the things that go with that all the symptoms everything yeah thank you Sally quite a lot of what you said resonated with me a couple of things um you talk to anyone yeah I talk to anyone but I actually feel that as we get older, we just have this level of confidence and this level of, I don't care if they're not going to talk back to me, I'm just going to talk to them. So that's that's one of the things that I think is a positive for where we're at in this stage of life, but also Definitely. like how people don't realize that these symptoms really are perimenopause. So I, I have a very similar experience. So I would teach um, group fitness classes right up until the end of last year. And so many women would come up to me and they'd say, yeah, I've got this thing going on, you know, like I wake up in the night and I'm sweating so much and I have no idea why. And I was like, I just say, call a spade a spade. I actually do that. And I say, oh, that's uh, perimenopause. And the shock on their face, like, no, is it? And I think I actually culled my friend list quite a lot from conversations like that. Because I would call it like, oh, hell, how old are you? Oh, we're the same age. So that's perimenopause. And they'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I can't hang out with you because then I'm suddenly that woman. I'm that, you know, yeah. older woman. So there's that real kind of denial that sets in. <laughs> so I completely understand where you were coming from. Hey, um, I actually, I'm so touched by a lot of your story and I dived in a couple of days ago I highlighted a few things um, but one part that I really want to read because I feel like this is the most recent conversation I've had with someone <laughs> and I love your writing can I read your read your book sure. 
when you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> well, this is sexy aging. So I thought this is a good appropriate one and yeah. not in a good way. So I'm going to read this. The next strange awareness I had was that I seemed to be warmer than usual, like constantly. It was the beginning of summer. So at first I just assumed that was the reason, but then I started to perspire in weird places like the backs of my knees and the tops of my thighs. And at weird times, like in the evening when it really wasn't warm that, that warm anymore, and now those odd women at the gym in my cardio dance party classes who always demanded the overhead fans be turned on didn't seem so odd anymore. In fact, now I would high five them when they did so. It was clearly time for me to do another survey. I love that because that is, um, yeah, one of the most common <laughs> conversations I have. And I also, I am um, a fitness person as well. And I feel the cold. But it was the only time in my life that I remember feeling like, oh, when I'm exercising, um, now I'm not cold anymore. <laughs> I'm hot. <laughs> exactly. That was exactly. awesome. Good chapter. Chapter nine. <laughs> Day nine. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes. I mean, I didn't really mention what some of my symptoms were to, on this call, but um, they are. I go way into them in the book, but you know, things, the, the mood swings and the crying jags, like I would just be, I'm normally a pretty even keeled person and pretty cheerful and glass half full. And, and it was like, just everything was just the end of the world and crying, just huge crying, not, not like just little, you know, tear, like weird face crying and things like that. And slamming a door so hard that I really hoped it was going to come off the hinges. And I'm like, where is this coming from? You know, just weird. And the hair loss, I used to have really thick hair. And so, um, just, it, it was just very strange and the whole thing. So, yeah. well, I just think it's a real gift that you've been able to write down and record everything that you were going through and everything you were feeling in such a humorous light-hearted way but when you read it you feel like you're talking with a best friend so that's why I call your books a gift um you actually also wrote the second one is also during COVID yes they did because I finished the last I don't know I want to say maybe 80 entries yeah uh during COVID and the the reason that um, there are there it was meant to be one book and I wanted it to be 365 days worth of daily meditations like things you could pick up and just read because if you're like me I have a really short attention span I'm not going to read I, I don't read long books I don't I just can't sit still and so I wanted just something a day a page or two to read um, that could maybe you know brighten your outlook for the morning if you wake up with Wait, are we allowed to swear on here? I don't know. <laughs> uh, every single person except Emma <laughs> has asked me, is that okay? Um, so yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay, so sometimes I just wake up and I'm my radio station in my head is on KFUCK. So I'm just <laughs> like, you know, and that kind of immediately gets you think, oh, I get what that means. Like, because mm -hmm. I think we've all been there. It's just like, everything's horrible. I can't stand anyone. Just get away from me, you know, and and nothing possibly good could happen today. So I was hoping for when, if a woman wakes up and she feels like that, she's got a radio station on that, then the maybe reading a page could help lighten her load or give her a little perspective. And that was kind of my hope. It's just, and just to have women feel like they're not alone and there, there are answers and resources and support and, 
This has been a time where I've really, okay, for it took, you know how like there, there are some famous books out there that when you read them, they go like, oh, menopause is when you find yourself and you don't care anymore. And you're, you're, it's the most wonderful time in your life. Well, it took me 10 years to feel that way. It yeah. wasn't like, oh, I think I'm going to lose my period. Woohoo. You know, it was, you know, when people were, some people were like, oh, I, um, isn't it great? You don't have your period anymore. And I was like, no, because that means, you know, I really love being a mother and I was deeply sad when my period did end at 50 um, that, and I knew that was coming too. So I had to pre-feel and then feel. <laughs> so um, that was profoundly sad for me to go through. Uh, so, but yeah, I, I'm happy to share that, that side of the story because I was going to ask you about that as well. So you're a single mom. And you've got an adult son now. So do you want to share that story? Because I read that and it was, um, yeah, really heartwarming. And it, yeah, it was beautiful. So if you could share with us. We'll Thank you. Wait, which part of me, which part did you want me to share? But um, Yeah, about you, you had a, you had a son at 40. I did. Yes. Yeah. I was almost 41 and I had wanted a child probably since I was 12 and looked forward to motherhood. And uh, wasn't sure if it was actually going to even happen, but then it did by a miracle. And uh, so, yeah, I did have my son at, at, an, at an older age. And really shortly thereafter was when I began perimenopause. So, um, so I was kind of going through the terrible twos. I, I don't think I really realized <laughs> there were, oh my there god were, so yeah. you yeah so you've got a toddler and well actually it's terrible threes actually I feel like but you know it was. you know you okay. think they turn two and you're like oh who's talking about terrible twos and then they turn the corner and turn three and game on and yes. you're perimenopausal wow yes, yes. amazing yes. you're both still alive I know and yes exactly both of us are still alive and um because I didn't really he, you know, when they do, he was a very active child. So when you're standing in the line at the bank and they're just circling your leg and touching you, every touch, 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 touch you everywhere while they're going around you um, and your your hormones are fluctuating, it's just like, you know, so uh, I, luckily I took a lot of parenting classes and I got help with that. And he was also a late talker, which at the time we didn't know if it was just late talker or what it was. So we were dealing with a lot of other issues, which... I don't think I really go into that too much in the book, but um, but I do just go into how sad it was because I had thought maybe I'd always pictured myself a mother of three, and for various reasons that wasn't the case. Um, but you know, I'm super grateful for the the child I have, and he has approved all the stories in there that going through that to um, to driver's ed, which is covered in the book. So and now he's in college, <laughs> and yeah, also another thing in the book. Oh, go ahead, what? No, it's amazing. I love your story. And I love, you know, he's an adult now and how you feel about that, that he's left home and and you've come to the end of um, menopause. So that's a really awesome stage of life. I'm looking forward to that as well. Thank you. And they cover the refilled nest because we had the empty nest when he went away, <clears throat> excuse me, and then he came back because of COVID. So he's been doing school, college from home for a year now, so... Oh, yay. Upside. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what I'm, um, well, I'm loving that, but now what I'm loving too, is that I'm going to have to grieve that all over again when he goes yeah. in the fall. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we have a similar, uh, similar um, story. I also had a geriatric pregnancy at 42. Um, oh, yeah. That, that's what they call it, right? Geriatric right. pregnancy. Like, High what risk. The, what, what the? <laughs> <laughs> the risk is us losing our shit, basically. <laughs> that's it. Um, and, and my son also has um, a learning challenge. And I think he has ADHD as well, for sure. And I'm perimenopausal. So the challenge is real. And so to pick up your book and read some of those meditations sometimes, it just really helps ground me. And just from a personal perspective, um, yeah, I've had, you know, having a very similar experience to when you were writing your experience. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) very connected to what you've written. Thank you. I'm so um, glad. So I was going to ask you, you have a, a self-care, the acronym PIES. Do you want to I share do. that with us? I do. I think I might want to back up just a little bit to go cool. so that it makes even more sense. Um, in my 20s, I um, experienced disordered eating and body dysmorphia. And I think some of your other guests have gone over these um, topics as well. And they seem to be common with women who work in fitness, um, who knows which comes first, but anyway, I, I experienced that and I, in my, uh, so I chose my major of psychology in college, trying to figure out how to understand myself, how to not have, how to have a healthier relationship with food. And eventually after college was when I came to the, um, just the conclusion that I needed to love myself at the highest weight I'd ever been in my life and which was coming close to 200 pounds and it doesn't really matter what the weight is it's about me loving me at that size and from there I was able to discard all the diets that I tried formerly and to just love myself and work from the inside out on you know how I was going to live my life. So I did this radical lifestyle change in my 20s and gradually lost the weight over a very long period of time, I'd say over a year. And my goal at the time was not to just take the weight off, but to keep it off and never fluctuate again. And so I did that through a series of self-loving actions and which I later named it um, daily self-care pies. And those those four things, that's an acronym for physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. So I try to do a tiny, tiny thing in each of those four categories every day. And so it's not like I'm going to do this massive, you know, beach cleanup for one of them. I'm not taught, those are, beach cleanups are awesome, but um, little tiny things like there was a box sitting on right by my front door. It's something that came in the mail for like over a week. And so one of the days, one of my self-care pies was just to throw that box away <laughs> because, you know, or it can be to shave my legs or it can be to put lotion on my hands or it, it, they're very little things, but they all, and they're all kind of interchangeable because like I may do something for the eye, which is intellect. Like I may um, watch Jeopardy with my son to do we have Jeopardy in New Zealand. It's a, it's. Well, we had it in Malaysia because we had a lot of American TV and hence the reason that my kids sound like they're from the US. Um, And I kind of got into it. I thought it was awesome. And we would sit there and, you know, try to guess the answers. So yeah, I get it. 
Okay, so it's a it's an intellectual game show where you it's very hard, and I usually get like two right for the whole show. But but anyway, it's something to challenge my brain, and as we all know, as we age, that's really important. Um, but you know, I might do something to challenge my emotions, and I do a lot of journaling too, and uh, because when I made when I graduated from college or when I was in college in the eighties. There was a lot of work in psychology being done on emotional or expressional writing, expressive writing, I think is what they actually call it. And uh, I didn't know it at the time that it actually had a name, but I began writing and I do a lot of writing exercises and the writing exercises, some of them are covered in the books and some of them are um, covered in a course that I, an online course that I offer called the Healthy Body Mindset Recipe. Um, and it's not at all about dieting, but I had to give it a name that would attract women who all they want to think about is what's the diet, you know, so there is no diet. Um, <laughs> the diet is love your body and work on your insides. And um, so anyway, uh, writing, um, let's see where I got I lost my train of thought there. Bring me back, Tracy. <laughs> no, this is all part of it. <laughs> yeah, the self-care pies. So yeah, yeah. Um, so those doing those daily contract items, sometimes I write them down and sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll call a friend and I'll say, this is what I'm going to do today. And then I'm going to call you later or text you later today and say, I did the things I bookend you. And I say, yes, I did what I said I was going to do. Um, because I learned from a therapist named Dr. Patricia Allen. I know how much I love myself by the contracts I'm willing to make and keep and so it's not only about making those contracts, it's about keeping them. And if I'm unable to keep them, I need to make them easier. You know, I'm having unrealistic expectations of myself. So that's kind of, I've really have to work on that because unrealistic expectations is kind of my middle name. And uh, so I work a lot on, on those through doing things like those daily self-care pies. So I've covered, I haven't covered them all. So intellectual is obvious, physical is obvious, um, emotional sometimes can be journaling. It can sometimes be looking my son in the eye, you know, or spending a minute breathing essential oils or, you know, it, it's, they're all kind of interchangeable. And, and then the spiritual, I kind of look at spirituality like lovability. So anything that I'm going to do that's going to increase me loving me and me loving you so whatever that and sometimes putting lotion on my legs is spiritual you know it's it just it, it just just being gentle with myself is kind of the underlying theme of everything and that's how i've been able to maintain the body size that i live in today which is approximately four sizes of clothing sizes smaller than i used to live in and yeah you know, so well, you're gorgeous, Sally. And um, oh, thank you. And I would say that at any size, but I, yes, not, exactly. after having read the book, I am like, whoa, <laughs> well done and congratulations because you are definitely a healthier you, not only physically, but you can tell your heart, your soul, your mind are all interconnected with how well you feel. And you are rocking 60, girl. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This is what I'm so excited by because like in the fitness industry, uh, we get to a certain age where they don't market to us anymore. And so you feel like, oh, so I'm not relevant. And yet I have so much to offer. Maybe I can't run or jump as fast or as high as I used to, but 
you know, when it comes to getting into people's heads and hearts, when I teach, I know that's the reason they show up. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just like to be able to have role models like you is now like so inspirational for me. Something to uh-huh. really, something to look forward to, even through the mire of menopause, because I am kind of smack bang in the middle of it. Um, uh-huh. One of the other gifts that you've given us or you're going to share with us is called your wacky gratitude list. Are you happy to share that? Yes, yes, I'd love to. And that is in the book. And it's actually, I have a book here. I have a couple books around here. Um, that one, that's on entry 60 in book one. And um, well, I'll just talk about it. There's an, another person that I really admire, and that is Melody Beatty. She is an author and she writes um, the book that I uh, really particularly love is called The Language of Letting Go. And given that I am 61, um, some of the books I really, really love are kind of old. So that book's been around for quite a while. Um, and there's actually Language of Letting Go and more Language of Letting Go. Um, so I have a lot of letting go to do is, so I love those books, but um, constantly. But uh, what she says is that gratitude leads to acceptance. And so the reason, so I, I probably were all um, no strangers to writing a gratitude list, you know, or saying a gratitude list and, and like, yes, that's fantastic. But what I learned is to take it one step further is, and I call it a wacky gratitude list because I write down things that I don't think I'm really grateful for. So, um, and if anyone wants to just follow along right now, you can just grab a piece of paper and a pencil or a napkin or a paper towel or whatever you want. Okay, ready? Yeah. So you're just going to, you know, right at the top, like, for, well, first of all, just think about your day today and think about like, did, it, did everything go right? <laughs> did everything go, did everybody in the world follow your script? Oh my God. Do you want to know what, how my day started? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So this isn't really about me, but I mean, because you said, yeah, think about your day today. I'm like, oh shit. Um, so I'm homeschooling because we haven't got a house yet because we've just moved back to New Zealand. So I'm still homeschooling my son. Anyway, he wakes up and he goes, mum, my head's really itchy. Dun, dun, dun. And he's been doing this school holiday program, right? And he hasn't been with other kids for a really long time. So it can only be head lice. So my day starts off with head lice delousing, rushing down to the chemist, school's on hold, um, stripping the beds do all of us that's why my hair is clean today and I've actually been done as well because you know how it is you you know if one person's got it maybe you know who knows how it's moved and jumped to oh, it yeah oh, so um so how do I turn that into something gratitude okay so okay so this is what you do so I mean I work a lot on mindset shift because I've done it with myself and um and so I think everything immediately is my head goes, this is, this should not be happening. This is the end of the world. I will feel this way forever. It will never change. And I will never be happy or optimistic again. Like I'll feel all that in like a nanosecond. And so um, the wacky gratitude list, like if you said, okay, Sally, write a gratitude list. If my, just found out my kid had lice, like, are you kidding me? So I would write, I am grateful my kid has lice. I am grateful. I had to wash every freaking towel, curtains, the dog, whatever. Like you write that all out and it sounds crazy, but this is from that whole expressive writing thing that was coming of age in the eighties when I was in college. What they've learned is that like, I'm not going to say it right, but one part of your brain 
that there's always doom and gloom or whatever that processes all the bad thoughts. If you are writing, that part of the brain can't do its thing. You can't ruminate and go like, you suck, everything's <laughs> terrible. It, it has to hold for a sec. It just, yeah. it's muted. So just, it's okay to say it out loud too. Sometimes my friends, we just do a spoken gratitude list over the phone with each other. But um, we, when you actually are taking that time to write it down, the whatever is used in your brain to write, it, it blocks that other thing. So you're getting... Say if you were on negative self-talk like 24-7, which is what I, I'm maybe 23-7. I don't know. But, um, you know, so no, but it's a slight exaggeration. But say, so say you spent five minutes writing that gratitude list. That would be a five-minute five vacation from that part of your brain that just keeps going, 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 going like that, the K-Fuck part. It turns it off. So that's why this kind of writing is so powerful. And then to read it to someone same thing like call i'll call a girlfriend you know all the cordelia's in the book everybody's named cordelia in the book so that they remain anonymous but um but anyway so that whole process just gave my brain a little bit of a break it gave my nervous system a little bit of a break and um the funny thing is when i'm done writing that list sometimes it just morphs into positive like i may have to go like i'm grateful i have hair I'm yeah. grateful I have fingers, you know, you get into that stuff. And then all of a sudden, like a, an actual real gratitude thing will slip in there. Like I'm grateful my son's home for the year. And it's just your mind shifts and it's, I swear to God, it's so weird. And um, the other thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that is just this proclamation that some of my friends and I will make to each other. Like um, if something like that happens where like, I find out that my son has lice, I'll go, thank you God for this growth opportunity. And then we laugh our heads off because it's like, that is so not what I'm thinking right now, but it's somehow, it gets me to laugh and it gets me to realize like, okay, I will experience happiness again. And I, I don't I'm not quite as dramatic and you know, it, it just works. Try it. So yeah, well, I was actually going to say like, because uh, I was visualizing myself writing down, I'm grateful that I had to wash every single towel. I'm grateful that my son has the curliest hair ever. I'm <laughs> so I was visualizing and I instantly felt like I wanted to laugh. So if I was imagining myself reading that list back, I would be laughing. I would literally be rolling on the floor with how crazy is that, that I'm grateful for those things that were really getting me so frustrated, but reading back on how crazy it was to write it down. So mm -hmm. I understand, you know, like the mind-body connection of the, the experience of writing and putting a pause. I understand that. But my experience right then was the visualization that it made me want to laugh. And I think that laughter just helps to reset, you know, and gives perspective, like, it's not that big a deal. Like, yeah, we're still yeah. in a warm place, we're healthy, um, my kids are good, they're happy they're not at school, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really grateful for that. That's wacky and it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good and your, your smile is just so infectious. I could just look at you smiling forever. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Um, so Sally, um, I usually do ask the readers to recommend a book or a course, but um, we've got yours. So I'm going to recommend the readers to check in with Sally Bartlett and damn it, it is menopause and 
damn it again. <laughs> more damn it. Yeah, more damn it. It is menopause volume two um, because I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm just so grateful that someone has a sense of humor about this, but also you're bringing light to all the things that they can experience. So thank you so much, Sally. You're a gem. You're a blessing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed hosting it. I love that there are so many generous women willing to share their story and expertise to help and inspire all of us going through the mire of menopause. If you enjoyed this episode, please check the show notes to follow my guests. All their details are there. And if you want to stay connected for further episodes, please like, subscribe, review, and of course share with your friends. It's through your support and feedback that I can continue to produce episodes. Aroha nui.